Hi there, and welcome to M4 Edge. In this episode, we return to our running conversation with Ricky Butch of Locktricity, an inside view of how a startup gets built from the ground up. If you've not heard the Ricky's Reality, Ricky's Startup Reality, or Ricky's Reports episodes before, you may want to go back a few episodes and listen to some of the earlier ones so that this particular brief episode is in context. Enjoy the episode, and as always, thanks for being curious. Welcome back to Ricky's Startup Reality. Ricky Butch, how are you doing? It's good to be back, Michael, Marco. Hey, Ricky, welcome back. Last time we chatted, Ricky, um, you were sort of on the verge of some exciting news. You were about to maybe get your your first project really up and running um, and your first funding in place. So tell us what's new. Well, we've definitely over the last few weeks made a lot of progress um, with Helios, which is one of the ideas that I was exploring with uh, two other colleagues. Um, and just quick background, Helios's goal is to help uh, bridge the gap between distributed renewable project developers, particularly in emerging markets, and corporate renewable buyers, and helping corporate buyers reach their scope two and scope three goals by investing in these projects. Um, and part of the way we were thinking of doing that was developing this new instrument we're calling the DREC. Um, and so we recently just got line of sight to our first set of funding um, to help go explore and develop the DREC. Awesome. Um, we've also signed um, four buyers wow. um, to the effort to help us also push uh, and define this instrument. And uh, we've continued to expand the ecosystem of stakeholders that will be involved in discussions. So we've, uh, we've definitely built up a, a long list of participants on the supply side. Um, we've also engaged uh, a group called the Renewable Energy Buyers Alliance, um, which represents uh, large corporations in procuring renewable energy. And so we're finding our way to the right stakeholders, but we're, I definitely feel the momentum starting to build versus, you know, what had been a, a challenging, uh, slow upramp. This is excellent. Congratulations, Ricky. And what do you take away from this as the main lesson? What do you think made a difference in terms of clinching the deals and the agreement? And how do you take it away and build it into the next moves? Initially, when we proposed Helios, we were focused on the proprietary side of it, that we would, we as a company would, would provide this offering. I think in hindsight, the way we really galvanized a lot of support was to say there is a difference between the, the underlying instrument which we will utilize, and that will be a public good, and potentially the commercial models that Helios will develop on top of that. And the way we've been able to really, I think, bring a lot of stakeholders to the table is to say, let us work together and define this public instrument um, that shall be published and available to anyone freely, uh, who can then go and in turn develop commercial models. We may be a group that does that subsequently, but I think making this distinction between what is uh, available to all and and versus pitching a commercial model, proprietary commercial model from the beginning, I think has been a real switch for us and, and one that's, I think, generated a lot more momentum. And tell us a little bit about the four contracts you, you, you've signed or the four deals you've signed. Uh, well, these are, are buyers that, uh, that already have uh, large footprints globally um, that are made a lot of progress in addressing scope two emissions through uh, contracts like power purchase agreements, um, but are now starting to see some challenges when it comes to addressing their emissions overseas uh, in markets that may not have the same regulatory maturity that we see in, in, in the US and Europe. Um, and also they're starting to see pressure from uh, outside uh, 
activists and other uh, interested parties in addressing scope three emissions, which are those that are not directly related to their operations, but perhaps with their suppliers or even further upstream from that. And again, this is not an area that they have where it's quite clear that these direct procurement agreements work uh, and help these companies um, address the scope three, but also do it in a way that's, that's not just them spending money. Um, and so I think that's, that's where we've really been able to latch on to say, look, this potential instrument we're going to develop together through a co-creation process um, could help you address that, that issue that you're seeing. Um, and that, that one of the, the fallouts from that may be new investment models that, that come up that you can test in areas like Southeast Asia or Sub-Saharan Africa, where you can't currently go into a PPA um, or it's not very easy to develop an on-site project. I think that's outstanding progress. So really, congratulations, Ricky. This is very exciting. It's been a long journey, but it's good to see that uh, when, when after we made the decision to focus on the, the public element of this first, um, that that really, I think, unlocked a lot of doors. And, and um, you know, people tend to let their guard down when they know that you're not trying to sell them something from the very beginning. Right, right. Interesting. Okay, well, as Marco said, congratulations. This is exciting. So can't wait to hear the next update. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, Ricky. Thanks, Take Ricky. Care. Take care.